Okay, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the False Nine Podcast, episode five. My name is Lewis. I'll be hosting the show today. I'm here tuned in with Edwin. Edwin, how was your day today? Magnificent, man. So much news going on today. Can't wait to get into it. And Santi, how you doing? Oh, man. Tick tock, fellas. Tick <laughs> tock. Let's get into it. Well, before we spoil the news, definitely a lot to talk about today. We're breaking down the UCL group stage draw. Gives us a lot of nice matchups coming up for this fall to look forward to and setting up the, the knockout stages later. And we also have, I know you guys have been following as long as much as we can, and it's 6.42 on a Thursday, so we might not mention all of this. Something might break right after we finish recording, but we got Mbappe news and big Ronaldo news coming up to talk about. So let's get into it right away. So the first news I think we all been coming to, and Santi, I know you're really excited about this because you spoke about it in our first episode. Tick tock. Real Madrid and Kylian Mbappe supposedly seem to be almost confirmed to be in agreement with PSG to send Kylian Mbappe over to Real Madrid for 170 million euros plus 10 million in add-ons, total of 180 million. He might be the next Galactico and Florentino's parents aside, Santi, I know you're the you're the you're the guy for this. Tell me, how do you feel? Ole, 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 Kilian, <laughs> Kilian. Oh my God, I'm so excited talking about this. Probably like a couple weeks, I was like, I made that ball prediction of like, listen, he's gonna be a Real Madrid player by the end of this transfer window. I had been hearing reports for numerous weeks that the reason why they kept selling players and not really buying anyone for the last couple of transfers is to prepare for the arrival of Kylian Mbappé. Oh, man. And so the terms are, the personal terms are agreed. That is confirmed. Uh, Mbappé is going to Real Madrid uh, this summer, or, I mean, if something ends up breaking down in the talks, it's going to be next summer, but that's happening regardless. So the thing was, Real finally offered PSG 160 million euros, uh, I believe Tuesday. Uh, I last believe. night, Tuesday, Tuesday or last night, yeah. And that was immediately rejected. Leonardo came out. Leonardo, the sporting director for uh, PSG, who handles all the the, the transfer uh, stuff for them, uh, he came out and pretty much just said like, "Oh, Real's like are scumbags. Like they shouldn't be doing this. It's illegal. Like we we're, we're not we're not selling Mbappe." But and then he left the window open. We're like, but. If the price comes, if the if the if the price of the transfer uh, offer is where we want it to be, then so and so. Apparently, what happened is PSG still owe Monaco like twenty million, twenty two million for his transfer for four years ago. So I think what they were looking for was two hundred twenty two million, two hundred twenty, sorry, two hundred twenty million euros. But today's report, they offered one hundred seventy million plus ten in add-ons. And according to people in Marca, it's been agreed. So, yeah, man, I'm excited. Uh, Galactico. The Galacticos are back. Galacticos 3.0, baby. This is the beginning. It's exciting times. It's one Galactico. How are the Galacticos back? It's, it's, it's the beginning. Well, it's a master plan by Florentino. Like we said before, <laughs> the devil works hard. Florentino works harder. <laughs> it started with the Super League because he knew with the funds from the Super League, he was going to get them right away. But man, let's he's been go. holding out. 
and we we've been seeing an aging Real Madrid side. You know, they've lost already Ronaldo a couple years ago. They lose Ramos and Varane now. It looks like you know they're they're gonna ride with Vinicius. They still got some midfield op, midfield pieces that kind of need to be be replaced within the next couple seasons. Modric and Cruz, or they're getting up there in age. But Kylian Mbappe, you know, this was his dream to go to Real Madrid. We've seen the pictures of him in his room with Ronaldo and everything. And I just think it was it was destiny. And I know Edwin, you had your opinion of he shouldn't go to Real Madrid. He should go somewhere else. Why? Do you, how do you feel now, seeing that you know this? You know, right now all we know is that an official bid for Real Madrid was sent is on the table right now. But how do you feel knowing, feeling? How do you feel about the news that Killian is going to go over? I mean, look, at, at the end of the day, I I didn't really want him to go to Real Madrid because I I personally thought Liverpool would sue him better. Um, and yeah, I know that's a, that's a hot take for some of you guys, but they were in, they were in for him a couple a couple seasons ago, and I thought that would have been a great move. But so were Arsenal. All right, let's not <laughs> let's not get ahead of it. Let's not talk about Arsenal right now. Nah, but, keep going, keep going. But like at the end of the day, I've always wanted him to get out of France and to leave PSG because I don't think he would have maximized his his full potential there. Um, so, you know, now that that there's a huge possibility that he's actually leaving France and PSG, I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him because it's he gets more competition that way. He gets to develop more because um, I. France now, Ligue 1 isn't even a top five league, according to to uh, European coefficient points. Uh, they've they fell down to sixth place in terms of that. So, yeah, I mean that's that speaks that speaks enough about how competitive Ligue 1 is. So I think him leaving that league is going to do wonders for him. Now, you know we we see such a big name, Kylian Mbappe. Would you guys agree he's the best young player in the world? Just real quick. Or the fine young player. Yeah. In his age range, yes. He's the best from his age. I just don't know what like the age range is. If you, you could so kind of we'll in his age. Well, he's ready to take the next step. He's 22 now, turning 23, I believe. He's ready to take that next step. Ronaldo came to United at 23. I mean, he left United at 23, 24. So he's ready for that next step. This is that next step for he was that young when he left. Oh my god. He, yeah, he was he was really young. He was in that twenty three to twenty five age range. I'm pretty sure. If if you want to confirm that, yeah, okay. no, no, I just I'm just no, I, no. Thought, I thought he I don't know why I always thought he was like twenty seven when he left, but I know he wasn't. <laughs> he was max twenty five years old. Yeah, you, you, uh, United Twitter makes it seem like Ronaldo was here forever. So, so, you know, <laughs> obviously Mbappe is this building block for Real Madrid. Do you think they're getting a deal here if this is? accepted this 180 million euro bid yeah yeah 100 percent. any team that you know gets a killing Mbappe, that's always going to be a game changer for them because we all we all know what he's capable of um you know he's he's the youngest goal scorer in a, in a world cup final his numbers speaks for themselves and he is a top class player definitely the best 22 year old 100 percent so he's going to do great at Real Madrid, and Real Madrid are, are going to be very fortunate to have him. I was going to say, you know who's going to be more fortunate to have him? La Liga, man. They have their star. Now, with Messi, with Messi gone, who was, the, who was the face of that league, man? Joe Felix, Griezmann, Depay, Suarez. Benzema, Suarez. Like, 
Frankie de Young, bro. And Killian's, and Killian's, Killian is coming in to save La Liga. And I think this is a bigger move than Messi going to PSG. You think it's bigger? Yeah. Well, let's and, talk about let's let's no keep going. Give me your point. Well, in terms of like if uh effect, um, like cause and effect. Like I think it was a bigger it's a bigger deal that Messi left Barcelona, but I think it's I'm more of an Mbappe is gonna have more of an impact going to Real if that makes more sense. I see what you mean. He's gonna he's 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 a generational guy. He's here for the next ten years at Real Madrid, while Messi's at PSG for the next three. You know, Messi's looking for that immediate impact at PSG, while Mbappe's here for the long term. The project, he's, like he's, uh, he's, he's gonna, the star of the team. He's gonna build a legacy here, and yes, yeah. It, and Real Madrid have been on a decline as well the past what like three years or so. Well, I think the other thing somewhat. is no, it's not even them too. It's, I think it's the entire league has been on the decline. And then I feel like Messi was like the nail in the coffin of like, you you kind of felt like La Liga kind of didn't matter anymore. But now with Mbappe going there, may, maybe things are going to turn around and then more more and more uh, players are going to go back to La Liga. Because, you know, Real and Barca usually have the best players. They're the best teams usually. At least as, have, as far as I remember. The they have the biggest pool. They are the biggest clubs in the world. The two biggest clubs in the world. Yeah. So I just feel like huge move. Killian, I'm buying your jersey. Come on, baby. Let's go. And another thing that we don't, we didn't th- think about, uh, Real are opening back their stadium after the renovations, September thirteenth against Celta Vigo, and that's gonna be Killian's oh, wow, that's soon. debut that's, or September twelfth. Sorry, that's gonna be some announcement there. But Let's, he's obviously leaving PSG. Let's what what are the what do you guys think the feelings are? At PSG now, you know, they bring Messi, they bring Ramos, they buy Hakimi, they bring Donnarumma, they bring, you know, these superstar players here. A couple of aging guys, a couple guys right in their prime or about to enter their prime in Hakimi and uh, Donnarumma. And, you know, if you're sitting there, you're Mbappe, is it the, you think the dream to go there was too much? Was it, you know, he had to go to Real Madrid, he wanted to leave Messi and uh, name Marchado? Like, what do you think PSG is thinking about all this right now? Well, I think Mbappe leaves regardless. I think kind of Messi coming in just sped up the process, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like he le- he leaves next summer and Messi doesn't come. He's just going to renew. Right now, he's making $22 million at, at PSG. They offered him a new contract for $33 million around there with add-ons. Oh, sorry, not with add-ons, with bonuses. And that's a pretty, like, it's a 50% like uh, rise, raise, excuse me. So, and I, he wasn't going to sign it. That that proposal has been on the table for at least like six, seven months, even before any messy news had even been like uh, linked for him to PSG. So I don't, I just think it just sped up the process. Uh, Is the squad pissed? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they're pissed. Like it's his dream. He's honestly doing PSG a favor by getting them 170 million when he could have left for free next year. Like, honestly, yeah, and that's, this is almost this is almost as much as they paid for him initially, anyways. Or it is exact the amount. Uh, yeah, I think it's they a little more because because it's a it was a loan. The first year was a loan, and then it was an obligation to buy. So I think it was a, a tad more. I think it was two hundred in total. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, um, what's it called? And then Florentino just put his balls on the table. It was like, here, I'm getting, I'm doing you a favor. I know we're getting him next year, but here's the money, so you could sell him, so you could get saved. Literally, that was that was a beautiful move by him. God, I hate him with all my heart, but that man is a genius. 
Um, but yeah, man. Uh, I, I I think the board is obviously pissed. They they gotta quick, man. They got what three days, four days. They 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 gotta get a replacement fast. No, it's it's crazy. Um, Edwin, looking at you know the PSG squad now, do you think they go after another forward to replace Mbappe? Do they slot in one of the guys they already have? You know, they have Di Maria and and Julian Draxler and people like that. Or do they go out? They say, hey Liverpool, how much for Mane? Can we get that deal done in a couple of days? What what are you what are you thinking? Well, before I get into that, I, I want to it's important to note that, you know, nothing is officially confirmed just yet until we actually get the news from Real Madrid and PSG themselves when they say, OK, it's a done deal. It's happening. Um, but it, Fair. it's 90. Yeah. 90 percent there, you know. But so we're, we're this conversation is all contingent on that. Um, but if he is to leave, uh, you know, there's been talk about with and we'll get into to this in a little bit about Ronaldo, but you know, you, he gets thrown into the fray of Mbappe leaves. They're going to make the push for Ronaldo since he wants to leave uh, Juve and apparently put in a, a request to leave at uh, as well. Uh, so th- there's that option. I think they have, well, Mbappe's shoes are, are big to fill, but I think that with the quality of squad and the depth that they have on their team, they don't necessarily need to bring in a superstar because um, Draxler's top player, Icardi's a top player, top striker. Um, Di Maria also, there's questions of whether or not he would be in the starting lineup with Messi in there. Um, so he can fill in into that role as well. So I don't know. It's it, it's really, it really depends on how everything plays out, but I, I don't think that they need to necessarily go out and, and buy a superstar to fill in for Mbappe's absence. No, I definitely agree with you. I think the, the squad, the squad right now, you know, obviously the squad right now without Messi before made it to a Champions League final. They made it to the semifinals last year. And with Messi, I guess, you know, filling in the gap for Mbappe now, the way we look at it in this case, the squad is obviously still capable enough to win the league, get to a Champions League final. Yep. And we do see you know, a lot of strengthening going around Europe, even though we thought the COVID market was going to be crazy, but we do, this could be the craziest transfer market ever. If this move is done and the next move that we're going to talk about. So I think, you know, we should talk about the Wait, old numbers. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. we move on. Um, I, I think the only reason why I think they have to make a move is because they're, they're oh. being looked up by the uh, PSG. They're being looked up by, the rest of Europe, like they're the little club, they're the club that people that people go to to get better, but not to raise their level. A stepping a, stone. A stepping stone, correct. And they're and they don't want to do that. They want to be the the, the 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 club that everyone wants to go to. They want to be the head honcho. Yeah, and Madrid's like, oh look at little PSG over there. Come here, give me Killian. Like, just that like, is very true. The the way you look at PSG right now, it's it's just like a little. A little mid, you know, you get found by some little club, you get bought by another club, and then you eventually get up at Madrid or Barca or whatever. That's what I'm saying, and but I know, and I know, uh, Calafi wants to be that that end off be all, like the club that you want to end at, that big club. That is true. The thing is, with, with, though, with that, I feel like that necessarily, I don't think PSG really has much control over that because I think it all comes down to how competitive the league is. And that, that could be a conversation for like another time, but I think the league is so weak 
that uh, PSG usually dominate it. So they don't really have much competition domestically. So their focus is always going to be on, especially since the project started in, back in 2011 when they, when they got the financial takeover. Um, so their, their focus is always going to be on the Champions League. So in terms of, of that, where, okay, they want to be the head honcho, they want to be the head honcho in terms of Europe. But domestically, I feel like they, they can't have much control. Over Listen, that. I get that. But like, uh, I'm, I'll give you an example. Uh, maybe not in, anymore, but like at one point, everyone still, wanted, everyone still wants to go to Bayern. Everyone still wants to end up at Juve. They're winning every year. They still want to end up there. Does that make sense? Like yeah. PSG want to get to like, we win a Champions League and they're, they're like cemented as like a top club. Right now, we right, yeah. talk about them as a top club, but do we really think they're a top club? They haven't won anything, and the league's not competitive. So we don't see them like that. And if we don't see them like that, players aren't going to see like that. And stuff like this is going to happen all the time to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, necessar- I don't necessarily think league competitive. I won't say it doesn't matter, but I'm saying if your team is – like if PSG won all these leagues and won – two or three Champions League titles since their takeover, let's just say, I think top players are going to want to go to the club. Right. Any, yeah. Regardless. Yeah, but yeah. it's all, you know, the top players want to go to where they can best see themselves winning the most important trophy, which is the Champions League. So and I competing think... Competing in every competition, yeah. Competing in every competition. I feel like the legacy thing for a lot of these top guys, like, um, you know, like Mbappe, it falls down to, can I compete for the Champions League here? But at the same time, for him, it was his dream to play at Real Madrid. So I think I don't think league competitive has really that much to do with it. It, pro- it might. I don't know him. But, you know, if it's me, if I'm if I'm on PSG and I have a chance to cement my legacy with multiple UCL titles, I'd be OK with it. I, I, you know, I'd consider staying. It's not my dream to play at Real Madrid, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. But enough on that. We have. You know, we have Mbappe replacing someone at Real Madrid, and that someone is Cristiano Ronaldo. And the last couple of days for Ronaldo had been insane. As we saw, he wants a, a move out of Juventus. He, he has talked to Juventus' board today, requesting that he wants to leave. And then out of nowhere, Manchester City, the club me and Edwin support, come out as front runners. Apparently, Ronaldo wants to go to Manchester City. Jorge Mendes has been flying around Europe all day today trying to get this deal done. And apparently tomorrow, Manchester City will submit a 30 million euro bid to get Ronaldo in Manchester again. And Edwin, as a City supporter, thinking about Cristiano Ronaldo coming to the club, just... What's your initial reaction to the news that's saying tomorrow we could be announced that our bid's been accepted to bring Ronaldo? My initial reaction is honestly like, holy shit. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I would have never in my life imagined Ronaldo ever wanting to go to City or, you know, contemplating being in a City shirt. But, you know, that's that's my initial reaction. My second reaction, once I start to think about it a little more, is yeah, it, it would be great to have Ronaldo at the team because obviously he's he's like the sec- he's the second best player in the world, and it, it's the same way that I kind of felt about Messi going to to Man City. Like, where does he fit into this team? 
because we have wingers. We have wingers. And, and yes, it's Ronaldo. He's a GOAT. He's going to make an impact no matter where he goes. But we have wingers. What we need well, he's is not... a four, is a, a striker that's just going to bang in goals. And he's going to bang in goals, but is he going to be a center forward on the team? Like, what's where does he fit in? I would imagine at his advanced age now, he's just going to be sitting up there waiting for balls from Kevin and, and Jack and crosses in from Kyle Walker and Jesus and, and Sterling just to come into him. Wait, in, at Juventus, he's, he's been their full-on striker. He, he's just, he, 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 so they play him as striker, but he's, they don't play him as the, lonely strike, as the lone striker. He usually plays with a striker next to him, and that's when he usually excels. Uh, there's been times he I goes into the yes. There's times he goes into the wing, but for the most part, maybe maybe not so much the first year, but the last two years he's been playing as a number nine. I they've realized though that he tends to work better when he's with someone else. Yeah, but, but that's in that system. For me, it's just an interesting way as to how he's going to fit into a Pep Guardiola system. You know where he's going to excel. Um, and in terms of I don't know, do we really need him? I'm not too sure, but again, it's Ronaldo. Like, how can how can you turn away a Ronaldo, a Messi, et cetera, et cetera? Okay, Santi, before I turn it over to you, I'm just going to weigh in on whatever Edwin just said. Did we, After losing out on uh, Harry Sir, Kane, Harry, yes, Sir yeah. Harry Kane and Daniel Levy and Tottenham and all that, you know, we saw Harry Kane said he's going to stay at Tottenham this summer, whatever. The number one thing we need to do is bring in a, a certified goal scorer because that's what we're lacking right now. Yep, 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 yep. We need, we need a striker up front, and I think, you know, when you have a chance to bring in Cristiano Ronaldo, who still plays at an extremely high level at Juventus, to bring him in for 30 million euros, I think that's a no-brainer. And when you have the creativity of our team – to get him those chances, I think it could be it could be a serious problem. He's a clinical finisher, an amazing penalty taker, because God knows City needs that. Um, apparently, him and Pep have already supposedly had conversations of the way he's going to fit into the team, and they're supposedly both good for it. Those are just reports, of course. And apparently, also, I've read that some of the City players are already excited about him coming. Well, I that's, mean, yeah, who wouldn't be excited? That's what I've been reading. So I'm saying... If you slip, if you stick Ronaldo up front and just have Kevin De Bruyne throw some balls up at his head, oh yeah, no, he's banging in. If he if he moves back to the Premier League, the, for sure he's he's scoring upwards of twenty five goals, like without a doubt. Um, and I, Santi, I know you wanted to say something, uh, but I forgot to mention a point. Also, if you're if you're Ronaldo, guys, you know, wh- where do you think you would rather? Would you rather go to City? Or would you rather go to PSG? Because there's a lot of there's been a lot of debate going on as to, you know, in the whole who's better, Messi, Ronaldo situation, where Me- uh, Ronaldo would kind of have the edge over Messi because he's Messi's only ever played in one league his entire life, and now he's moving to 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 Ligue 1, and at Juventus it hasn't really necessarily been working out in terms of you know European competition and stuff like that. So he's like, okay, Messi's gonna go. He's in a way better position to win the Champions League than I am, you know, is moving to the Premier League with that, and he wins the Premier League title probably and a Champions League with City. Would that be better for him, or would would it be better for him to go to PSG, this Avengers-like team, 
you know, go to PSG and help them win their first ever Champions League alongside with Messi. Well, I think knowing him, knowing how big his ego is, it's beating Messi in the final. That's probably the biggest thing that'll help him. If it's PSG City in the final, him beating him beating Messi and PSG with City would top anything he could do. Or if any of his next moves, because it was either PSG or City in all reality. Um, so that's that's my point. I don't know about you, Lewis. Um, before I was rudely interrupted by Edward. Um, oh, what? I don't know, bro. You kind of just took over as host and said all the questions I was going to ask, but whatever. Oh, was it? Were you going to ask that? Eventually, but oh, whatever. My bad. My bad. My bad. God, you were the host today. Um, <laughs> I think. I think for him, it comes down to. You know, maybe he just doesn't want to play with Messi. I know he. I've I've read that he's considered the idea for it, um, but I think you know maybe being on the same team just isn't isn't the thing for him. The same thing like Santi said, his ego kind of propels him to come to City. City is a team that creates a a, a lot of chances. He's familiar with the Premier League, um, and it's the best league also. He's never worked with Pep Guardiola, and I, I think at this point at 36 going on 37 in February. He's just trying to, you know, pad his legacy with a another league title or a Champions League. Obviously, he wants the Champions League the most. He's just trying to, you know, pad that legacy for him. Maybe try to make a run at a Ballon d'Or or a Golden Boot or something just before he he says goodbye to the game in a couple of years. And starts his acting career. Starts his acting career in, at LAFC. But, <laughs> you know, that's just, that's just the thing. And for City, you know, I think missing out on these these other striker targets, well, pretty much they went all in on Harry Kane and that just didn't happen. I think getting Ronaldo for 30 million is a good alternative. Um, Juventus, obviously, they want to offload that 30 million a year salary. Um, they're kind of in a, in, in a rust right now financially, Juventus, so they're trying to, you know, start the rebuild with uh, Max Allegri. So, you know, offloading Ronaldo and Ronaldo, you know, I guess he's just tired of it. He saw the, the exits. They lost to Ajax. They lost to Porto. Um, they lost to Lyon. It's very disappointing European performances. He's just saw City go to go to a final. I think it's a clear move for him. Um, you know, Santiago, obviously, Ronaldo has the ties to your club, Manchester United. And... I know you. there's a lot of emotions going around with the fans of how could he do this. What's what's your take on the situation, Santi? Uh, before I go on my little rant on this Ronaldo situation, uh, quick question. How do you guys think he's going to mesh with Pep? Do you think their egos are going to collide? Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought they... I thought Ronaldo did not like Pep whatsoever. I re- remember the clip, it was years ago, at a Ballon d'Or ceremony where Pep, <laughs> Pep went up to, no, 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 it was actually Ronaldo, it's the other way around. Ronaldo went up behind Pep, patted him on the shoulder to give him his hand, and then Pep just looked him in the face and then just turned away. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> nah, yeah. Um they obviously don't like each other. Well, maybe they they were they probably respect each other, but you know they yeah they, yeah they kind of like to steer away from each other. So I think I think that, I think you know for for the sake of professionalism and obviously they're both under a lot of a lot of pressure to win. 
Pep for not winning a UCL title yet with City and Ronaldo for coming into this other super team, if you want to call it, and trying to win a UCL title that obviously put City as one of the favorites. So I think I think they're going to have to put some differences aside. You know, they have the Madrid and Barca rivalry back mad long ago. So, yeah, I think it, I think it's something they're going to have to set aside. You know, they, they said they had they spoken before about his role. And I, I think, you know, City's a, a really a good a good team with good chemistry among the players. And, you know, it's up to Ronaldo if he really wants if he really wants to make this work to, to make it work, in my opinion. Ed? Yeah, no, I mean, pretty much pretty much same same as you, you know, if, if they're under a lot of pressure to, to win, we we all know that they have winning is just in their nature and they're competitive. So in, in terms for that sake, just to be on the same page as, all right, let's go, let's fuck shit up and dominate. They'll put their different, whatever differences they have aside, you know, and who knows, it might even turn out to be best mates at the end of it. All right, Santi, I think the world's ready for your Man United and Man City Ronaldo rant. So let, let's hear what you got to say. All right. Give it to us. Let me know if I'm going too loud because I might get angry here. I want you to get as emotional as you possibly can. All right. So first, first, give us your opinion on the situation and then go into what you really want to say. OK, so first of all, I'm kind of curious if there's like a uh, what we pointed out before, maybe a last minute play from PSG to go to Juve and be like, hey, like, let, give us Ronaldo. I'm curious. But then the more I keep reading the re- and the more I keep seeing uh, uh, his agent Jorge Mendez go to City and try to work out this transfer. I think it's, he doesn't want to go to PSG because I think if he wants to just leave Juventus, he's, he's not going to have his agent just go to PSG. Uh, sorry, just go to City. He's going to try to see, look at maybe another Premier League team or maybe PSG or even go back to Real. Like, you never know. Um, so I think it's, it's just more than that. Uh, I saw a report, and I, I don't know if I agree with it, but it was kind of interesting. It's like, I th- apparently what happened is Ronaldo saw that Messi left and the importance and like just the, all the attention that Messi was getting, that it really got to his ego. So he wanted to do something that would bring the attention back to him. So I don't know. So those are just my quick points on this. Uh, I've been reading a lot of uh, tweets, as you guys know, and people listening at home. I'm a un- huge United fan. I've been a huge United fan since 2003. When Ronaldo joined the club, I'll never forget waking up at 7.30 in the morning uh, back in my home country of Peru because they'd be the only game on ever on Saturday mornings, and I'd be watching him doing those stupid stepovers with that stupid haircut because he was ugly back then. And, man, I fell in love with him. I fell in love with the club, and he's a legend. He left a world star, and at 36 years old, he is a living legend. He is one of the best soccer players to ever play. So, I mean, there's conflict right there, right? A United legend going to play for City. Uh, I don't think it's the first time a United legend has gone to play for City. Uh, Peter Schmeichel did it at the end of his career. Uh, Carlos Tevez did it too. Uh, so it's happened before. It's not crazy. It's happened all over soccer before. Uh, like People have played for Barca and Real Madrid. Um, it's not as uncommon as you think, but uh, what's it called? It's very weird why all these United people are having such passion 
that make it seem like Ronaldo just went from United to City. Um, so, just kind of get to the point. I think a lot of these United people need to grow up. Ronaldo left in 2009. That is 12 years ago. Yes, he is a legend. The biggest thing I'll criticize him for, which that's been coming up now, he's always said he will never go to City because money's not everything for him. I think at that point, it was very, it was very uh, obvious to say you're only going to City for the money because they were just upcoming. They were just bought by a new ownership and everyone was going for the money at that point. At this point, City, City is always the better option than United. And I need people to understand. Don't get mad at Ronaldo for not wanting to come back to us and go to our rival because he wants to win something. If he came here, he's probably not going to win anything. Okay? <laughs> it's not about the money. He's not even getting paid more than De Bruyne. He's not getting paid more than Sterling. He's making way less than he's going to make in Juventus. He wants to win. And you know what you should get mad at? You should be mad at the fucking owners. The owners of United have ruined our club. If we had the fucking money, it's 30 million. 30 million. 30 million for Cristiano Ronaldo. Why don't we have it fucking put a bid on it? You know why? Because he doesn't want to come here. You know why? Because they're not going to win anything. It's fucking stupid. Stop getting so mad. I got fucking Mark Goldberg's like, oh, part of me died for me. Because it's not about fucking, it's not about the fans anymore. You saw with the Super League? It's not about the fans. Everyone's their own goddamn man. <sighs> Sorry, but like, I get angry with this stuff, man. It, it makes no sense. He left 12 years ago. And I've always told you, Louis, specifically, hey, isn't it weird that United, United, the United official account makes it seem like he's just been on loan? On fucking loan for 12 years. How does that make sense? <laughs> we, we literally glorify this man to God. And listen, to a certain degree, that's fine. But he's not a God. He's just a regular soccer player. And he wants to do whatever is best for him. And shouldn't it piss you off that he knows that, that what's not best for him is to go back to his, to his, not his boyhood club, but to the club that made him into Cristiano Ronaldo? That should piss you off. And it's not his fault. Don't get mad at him. He's not Judas. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Santi. <laughs> it's like... <sighs> It's, it's just like it's so it's so stupid, man. It, it's so stupid how they just don't see it. And you know what's it also piss you off? He probably can't recognize this club anymore. No one can. All the legends that are pundits now for United, the United legends that are pundits, don't recognize the club. So let Ronaldo free. That is Santiago's message. Let him go. It's hard to it's hard to transition to anything from that. But it's, it's been it's been building up. Because like, you, when, when he went to Juventus, remember, there were like the rumors like, oh, he should come back. And remember, people were like, ah, you've been, been a big deal. It's been but building up, man. So annoying. That's a lot of buildup. And it's, you can't blame the guy for trying to win. I, it's respectfully that. You can't blame the guy for trying to win. You know who he compares Quick. himself to? Messi. He's got to be better than Messi. That's all that matters to him. United's not the answer for him to be better than Messi. I'm sorry. I love my team. I love my club, but it's not the answer. And at this point, it's, it's uh, coming to City and competing with Messi directly in the in the Oyo Clasico or the Cashico, as some people like to call it now, for the UCL final eventually. 
It's gonna. That's what it's gonna take. But looking at Juventus selling Ronaldo, um, what kind of position does that put them in? Because they also want to sell Weston McKinney. He's been linked to Spurs today. Whoa. Um, they're bringing in Locatelli. It looks like they they want to try to build around Dybala again. What do you really see for Juve? You know, they're kind of in the mud right now financially. They're, they were begging for this $30 million for today. They're trying to get the $30 million wage bill off from Ronaldo. What does is, what is Max Allegri want to do here? Um, so, yeah, sorry. Um, before we go on to what they want to do, the $30 million is the, they, owe, they still owe Madrid $30 million. Yeah, that's what that is, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, I think I pointed out uh, last pod how I think Allegri is going to bring back the best of Dybala. So I think the first week, if you just kind of focus on that, I think it's a good start. Um, I mean, it really just depends. Like, I know they want to do more youth, right? So do you think they can win the Champions League? Say, uh, I'll give you, I'll just name your name. They get Icardi, right? Let's just say, remember how we're talking about they might go to PSG. Say they do a flip, right? They do Ronaldo for Icardi. Do they, does that make them... I'm not saying better, but can they still contend for like a the UCL? No, right? No, you agree, right? So, what I'm what I'm thinking is, um, maybe see if Morata works for them because Morata's gone next year too. I don't know. Develop Kulusevski. They don't have to replace him. I think their focus should be top. As as it's kind of funny, it's Juventus, but their focus is going to be top four and making a uh, cup final. Top four in a cup final? I think that's what they should target. They have to replenish a lot, and they need to get money. So, I mean, you know, it's all about recouping the money. It's all about finding a new target. Edwin, what do you think about the names they've been linked to? We've seen Santi just mentioned bringing a Cardi over from PSG. Not in, not in a swap deal, but buying him straight up. He has Serie A experience. He was a top scorer a couple times. They're thinking about bringing in a Bumiang from Arsenal. That's a, just a report that I saw, and they've also been linked to recently, as 30 minutes ago, I saw they were looking at Moise Keane. So do any of those names, or what name can you think of as a, as a striking option can Juventus put out up there to get the most out of this squad for the season? Well, I mean, look, Ju- Juventus, I don't think attracting top players is going to be an issue for them because Juventus is obviously a – is a world-class club. They've been, and how, how many, since 2015, they've been in two Champions League finals, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and and like Santi said, you know, they've, they've been focusing on youth as well. I think Juventus, with the money that they have and how big their club is, they have a very great youth system. And you, you mentioned one of them who graduated from the youth system and made a, uh, and made a uh, first team appearance and it was a regular before he left on to Everton. Moise Keane, magnificent player. You know, he came in from the youth systems and he got his, I think at the time when he made his debut, it was, uh, he came on for the Champions League and he be, I think he became the youngest Champions League goal scorer at the time. Or, or maybe it might be Serie A. I would have to fact check that one, but. But yeah, no, I think, you know, getting Moise Keane back was, would be great business for them. Icardi, obviously, like you said, huge experience in, in Serie A with, with Inter Milan. And he's also a great goal scorer as well. So 
I think attracting big players for them wouldn't be much of an issue. But it's, you know, I think the rebuild here, you know, obviously Max Allegri, he's the one that got him to these finals. I think yeah. he has the experience for it. Um, Santi said that they were trying to focus on the youth, but, you know, Weston McKinney, young guy, American, it seemed that class too. It seemed that he, he, he was performing really well. It looks like they're going to try to cash in on him really quick. Santi, you disagree? No, I, I don't. I, yeah, I think they're just cashing in because he's just got hype. He's not that good. I don't know. A lot of those players that were bought last year, just I don't think they're part of Allegri's plan. Well, the plan is the plan. Obviously, these these transfers they have a lot of Champions League implications for this year. These are the you know the biggest names in the world moving around this crazy summer so far. Santi, what do you got for us? So I think shifting back, if they truly want to contend for the title. They either go for Belotti from Torino uh, or Immobile from Lazio. I think that's the power play if they really want to contend for the title. I think. Well, yeah, I mean, you also can't you can't take away from who they have right now also. They have Chiesa. Um, who's that other guy? He's a red hair, red hair guy. What's his name? Kulosevsky and then Vernadeski. No, I know, but I'm saying I'm talking about they need to they need someone who could score like 30 goals. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm saying um I get that, but it seems like, you know, it sounds like we're kind of like writing them off from like a Champions League run. And you said they their priority should be on, you know, top four and, and making a cup final. I think I think with what they have right now, I think they could. I think they're pretty, pretty well. Well, maintenance. Or, I mean, I, right. Sorry, you could go. You could go. I think it depends on who the focus on is going to be because last year we saw them struggle to make top four. They made top four by a point. At the at We're the almost, literally, literally at, the la, under last, Pirlo though under last under Pirlo last last match week they made the top four. Under Pirlo, yeah. you know Pirlo inexperienced, whatever. But you know, even with the squad, you look at the squad, you're thinking, okay, this team is second or first place in this league. If they could get the best out of Dybala, you know, they'll make a cup run. They'll make it outside of the group. They'll make they'll, they'll, they'll make it to the knockout phases of the Champions League. We can discuss that a little bit in a bit. But you know, if they if it's just it's just a lot to 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 rebuild the squad. You know, I think they're gonna focus on squad building for the next couple of years before they really focus on the Champions League. But if they want to get the most out of the bala now, now's the time. Right. Yeah. But you know, we, we spoke about these Champions League implications. And obviously today was a big day. We had the group stage draw setting up our Wednesdays and Tuesdays for the fall and most of the winter. And all of the winter. We, oh, I missed they, they have a break. You're right. You're right. You're right. And these these groups, these are some of the most enticing groups we've seen in I think in a while in terms of competition and who the hell is gonna get out of this knockout stage into the knockout stage, excuse me. So so I guess we'll start with Group A. I'll go off. Uh, pot one was City as Premier League winners. PSG second in uh, League One last year. Leipzig and Club Bruges. What do you, what do you who do you guys think tops this group? Santi. Uh, so I'm assuming City get Ronaldo and PSG lose Mbappe. Uh, City one, PSG two, uh, Leipzig three, Bruges four. Uh, so pretty much the same order as the pot? Pretty much. I think PSG lose a lot of flair without Mbappe. Now, if they replace them with someone 
like a, like a world-class player, that's a different story. I could see PSG beating them. But as you saw, uh, as you saw last year in the semifinal, City is better than PSG without Mbappe. Messi might make a difference in the games head-to-head, but I think overall, I think City are the better team. Mm-hmm. Edwin, what do you, do you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, uh, I can, I can see, I, obviously, we, I think we can all agree that Manchester City and PSG are going are gonna to be the two that walk out of this group and into the knockout stages. Um, obviously, since I'm a Man City supporter, I want Man City to top this group, but I do think it's, it's going to be a head-to-head between PSG and them. Uh, I don't know. I feel like PSG have, they're going to have a chance to get their revenge on us from us uh, eliminating them from the Champions League semifinal last season. Uh, so it's, gonna, it's a lot to play for. Santi, what do you got to add? Sorry, I got some news uh, from my favorite uh, TV show in Spain, El Chiringuito. Um, <laughs> so, according to one of the reporters, they're saying that it's a, it's because a, the Zimbabwe thing is going to happen. Neymar is pressuring them to sign Richarlison. So that, that's, that's what good... I. That's what I was going to mention earlier. Um, ESPN Brazil says that their negotiations with Everton to get Richarlison over to yeah. PSG. So, and for me, that doesn't move the needle. So I still have City. At top in the group. Yeah, transfer, see, trans, transfer news as we record, people. We're, we're giving, giving you stuff in real time. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go with... Edwin, were you done? Yeah, yeah, I was done, yeah. I, okay, I do so, think City would top. Okay, so I'm going to go with... I think... I think... Mm, I think PSG top it. Don't be ejected here. Come on now. I think City will come in second because I know Pep is just going to do something in one-off game in Paris and it's just not going to work. And that I'm just going to, I'm going to leave that as a deciding factor between who gets first or second. I won't be mad if they come in second. Obviously care the most of us just getting to the knockout stages, but I think PSG type it's top. It slightly by like a point or something. Uh, you, City second, Leipzig third, Club Rouge. Goodbye. Do you think Leipzig make a run for it and give, give PSG and Man City some issues? You know, maybe a shoulder to check. I think there'll be there'll be a, a tricky side, but I think there's too much quality in both these teams to actually lose to them. Maybe one of them draw against Leipzig. They just catch them on an off day. But yeah, away from home, probably. That's about it. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of finishing second, you know, I don't think it's gonna be that close between Leipzig and whoever does come in second. But you know, so pretty much all in agreement, Manchester City and PSG will go to the group stages. Now group Not B. Knockout stages, excuse me. Group B, you guys have told me this is the, you know, the group of death. A <laughs> so group Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, FC Porto, and AC Milan. Edwin, how do you think these teams stack up and who makes it out? Uh, this is, yeah, no, by far, I think this is the group of death. Uh, this one is going to be... It's gonna be a very close one, um, but I overall I see Liverpool walking out as as group leaders, and Atletico Madrid just getting by, like just getting by, um, you know, maybe and just missing out on a Europa League uh, transition. But it's it's gonna be really exciting to see AC Milan back in into the Champions League. They haven't been in it in. God, years. When was the last time they were in the Champions League? It's been at least five years, right? 
Only God knows. I can't tell you off the top of my head, but it's been a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, Porto, they made an, an amazing run last year in the group stage. They definitely, they were in Manchester City's group as well, and they, they gave Man City some problems. Um, but no, I mean, this, this group is going to be the most entertaining one, in my opinion. But I have Liverpool just uh, making it out as group leaders and Atletico Madrid just making it as well. Santi, where, where, what direction are you going? You got a smile on your face. I'm going to surprise you at all. So now this is, 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 this, is, is this a genuine hot take or do you do you No, big hot take, big hot take. Okay. This is but do you also, actually believe in it though? Yeah, I think so. I could definitely see this happening. I don't think Atletico makes it out. Number one. I don't think Atletico gets third. Oof. Wow. Now this all depends. I'll give you it, it's a I I believe it if this happens. If if Ibra stays healthy for Milan, they'll finish above Atletico. And if Porto keep their stars uh, before the transfer window, end, by, the, by the time the transfer window ends, they, both of them will finish above Atletico. Now it's a toss-up between them two. I, of course, think Liverpool's going to win the group. Uh, my, my head wants to say Milan, but I feel like that's a bigger, it's a bigger if with Ibra's health than Porto keeping their stars. If Porto keep what their stars. You? What about Giroud? Yeah, you're right. Dude. <laughs> listen, but I think man. listen, I'm saying I'm I'm more I'm more hesitant to say Milan second if they only have Giroud as a, as a strike. If they have Ibra and Giroud, I'm very confident to say they're second. And okay. so that's all. Okay. I'll, I'll say right now: Liverpool, Milan, Porto, Atletico last. You also have to, you know, there's also. Uh, reports Saul Neguez is also probably on his way out from Atletico Madrid too. So that might that's also a very important factor for them as well. Yeah, and I think he always he always ends up putting more emphasis on the league. He knows he doesn't have a team to win the Champions League with. I know that he knows that. he I know he knows that. Diego? Yeah, Simeone. I know Simeone doesn't knows he doesn't have a team to win the Champions League with. His, his defense is not there yet. It's not there. So we'll see. But I think Atletico bottom of the group. Hot take. Okay. <laughs> I like, uh, I've been pushing hard to re- the resurgence of Liverpool this season. So I'm going to go with, I think Liverpool avenged that, that game against Atletico where Alvaro Morata essentially knocked them out of the Champions League right before we went to lockdown and COVID. God, that seems so long ago. That was a crazy game. Yeah. So I think Liverpool topped the group. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to play it safe and say Atletico can get some results against Milan and Porto. I think Simeone, Tactically, and you know, I call him a, a terrorist to the game of football. I think tact, I think tactically, he he can grind out some results and get to second place. I'm gonna go with AC Milan third, going for that Europa League place, and Porto just under AC Milan in, in fourth place. Let's move on to Group C. This is a very interesting group. We have Sporting. From Portugal, we have Borussia Dortmund, we have Ajax, and we have Besiktas. And, you know, I spoke to you guys earlier. I think this is going to be a stat pad session for Holland to get some UCL goals. He was a top scorer last year in the UCL. So I think I'm going to go, you know, I just, I just think Dortmund's too much for some of these teams. So I'm going to go Dortmund. Um, sporting, they, they won the title last year in Portugal. Big achieve, Big ups for them. Ajax, not too familiar with the Ajax squad currently. Not too familiar with the Besiktas squad currently. But just off 
you know, pedigree and stuff, I'm going to go with, with Ajax second, Sporting coming third, and Besiktas finishing fourth place. I don't know if you guys have a little more insights on this team. Santi, what do you think? Um, I agree. Dortmund are going to be first. Now, I don't think it's going to be a easy path. I actually think, yeah, I don't think this is a group of death, of course, but I think this is the most even group where I would not surprise if any combination of these of two of these teams make make the second the uh, the knockout stage. Would not be surprised at all. Would not be surprised if Dortmund doesn't get out. Honestly, it'll be a failure, of course, but I would not be surprised. Um, but yeah, I think Holland's going to be too much for a lot of these teams. Um, my, I I want to lean Ajax, I really do. I'm just not too sure. I think sporting, it's between Ajax and sporting for that second place. I think Besiktas is going to finish last. I'll go sporting. Sporting then Ajax. Sporting second, Ajax third? Yep. I do, I do, I do kind of see what you're saying, where it could be like a merry-go-round between those first three places, honestly, yeah. if it comes down to it. Dortmund, very inconsistent sometimes. Edwin, where, where do you have these teams lining up? Uh, I've got, yeah, Holland, I think, is going to be way too much for, for most of the defenses of these teams. Uh and Dortmund, hopefully, I don't know. They they seem to kind of get it together in in the in Europe for the most part. So I have them winning the group. Uh, I have like you, Lewis. I'm gonna go more in terms of pedigree and and give Ajax a second place and Sporting making the Europa League and Besiktas missing out on on Europe for the rest of the season. Well, there we have that. For group C, very interesting group, something to watch out for. Could be some interesting games. Group D, we have last year's Serie A winners Inter Milan. We have Real Madrid. We have Manchester City's favorite group stage buddy, Shakhtar Donetsk. And we have FC Sheriff, who is making their first appearance in the group stage for Moldova, a very small, tiny country. And for them to make the Champions League, for those who don't understand, is really uh, not just an incredible achievement, a ridiculously incredible achievement. So props to them getting over here. Uh, it's like the that, Jets. It's like the Jets making the Super Bowl, like crazy. For my American, like with my American listeners out there, the Jets making the Super Bowl. Yeah, like Sam Darnold Jets, pretty much. So, Edwin, how do how do these guys stack up to you? Well, all right. Well, this is, I think this is a very interesting thing to note. This is literally the same group. D is literally the same group as last year with the exception of Sheriff uh, taking place over Borussia Mönchengladbach from Germany. But last season in Real Madrid, Inter and Shakhtar were in the same group together also. Um, And that (laughs) that group was actually pretty nuts because Shakhtar and Borussia Mönchengladbach was actually... They were stunning, the Giants of, of Inter and Real Madrid. Um, so I'm hoping that it will be kind of like a little roller coaster of of a group as well again with these with these uh with these four teams. But I have this is also contingent on whether or not Mbappe goes to Real Madrid. But if, if Mbappe goes to Real Madrid, I definitely see Real Madrid winning this group, like hands down, and Inter getting second place. Uh, hopefully they could they could do it in Europe again uh, this season, and then yeah, Shakhtar making it to to the Europa League, and then Sheriff finishing in last place. But I do hope that they that they win over the hearts of a lot of soccer supporters out there. So you had 
Madrid, Inter, Shakhtar, Sheriff. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if Inter topped the group either because they are, they are still a very strong squad, and I feel like they've, they've done better in this transfer market than Real Madrid have also. Bar and Bappe coming in. Yeah, Bar and Bappe coming in. Okay. Well, Inter, they came in third last year in this group, right? Yeah. They were in Europe, no. and that was fourth, with- fourth, fourth, fourth. fourth. Wow, oh, fourth, fourth, fourth. And, but no, but it was super close though. It was, the, it was like nine. Were super close. Nine, eight, eight, seven. I think something like that. Wow, that's crazy. And yeah, that's yeah. that's with Lukaku and and company. Santi, what do what do you think? Your your club is here. Uh, well, I think Real topped the group, especially with the uh, imminent uh, arrival of Kylian Mbappe. Uh, I actually haven't heard much about Shakhtar um, changing up their team with transfers in or out. So I honestly, I, I don't, I, I could definitely see Shakhtar being second, Inter being third. Inter always fumbled the bag in Europe lately. But I'll, I'll stick to, I'll stick with my heart. I'll go Real first, Inter second, Shakhtar third, and poor Sheriff. At least they'll sell out their, their games. They'll get a lot of revenue from the Champions League games. No, we'll yeah, see. and even even making it this far is gonna be a lot of revenue for them. Yeah, um, I love how their their badge is like a little share star too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna point that out. Uh, Group D for me. Um, this is even even if Mbappe doesn't go to Madrid, I think Madrid topped the group. Um, Inter losing Lukaku and Hakimi. Shakhtar could give some problems. I know they're 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 a team capable of doing that. Oh yeah, for sure. It's going to be easy for me to say Inter second, but I'm going to say Shakhtar Donetsk come in second place. And I'm going to say Inter third. They're going to fall to Europa. And FC Sheriff, thanks for coming. Thanks for playing. I hope to see you again. Fourth place for them. Now, before we get to the second half of these groups, I have a little question for you guys. And let's see, let's see how your Champions League group stage knowledge holds up against my mighty trivia question of the day. Go, Freddie. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. Let me get first crack at to answer though. It's no, no, it last. it's like a you get the list like last time. Okay, okay, okay. So, a total of 143 clubs from 33 national associations have played in or qualified for the UCL group stage. So just Champions League. So since 1992, for those listening, before 1992, the Champions League was known as the European Cup, and there was no group stage. So. Uh, so we're in the 30th season of the Champions League. Can you name the seven clubs that have qualified for the group stage 20 or more times? Yes. Barca, um, Real, Bayern, United. Um, that's one, two, three. Juventus, five. I think this is where it's going to be stumping for you guys. Yep. Well, he, he named he, the people he named, named, he's right, right? He renamed Real Madrid. Who I think were first with 26 times. Barcelona. Yeah, I think Barcelona and Bayern, I think, were second with 25 times. United. United was correct, and Bayern Munich was also correct. Oh, and Juventus. Juventus. And Juventus so, was correct. So that's six, right? No, that's five. That's five. That's five. So right. uh, two teams left, and I think this is where we're going to be here for a little bit. Liverpool. Wait, how many? So it's since 92, right? So it's 30. This is the 30th group stage. So including this group stage. This will be the 30th. Liverpool. Who has qualified nope. 20 or more times? Liverpool, and no, no, not Liverpool. Yep, I knew that. Uh, not Chelsea. Um, Man, oh, 
Hold on. Sorry. Uh, la, la. Take cracks at it. AC Milan. Nope. Mierda. Malmo. No. Oh, damn, I thought I had that one. <laughs> Sh- uh, no, not Shakhtar. Shakhtar? No. Oh, Young Boys. No. Damn. Besiktas. No. Nope. no Ajax. No. Porto. Porto is correct. Right. Yeah, Porto. One last team. Okay. It's got to be... Basel? No. No. So, the correct answer is actually Olympiacos. Damn. Dang it, Olympi- the Greek. Olympiacos. So, good job on the first six. Pretty obvious, but those other two, tricky. Thank you. Thanks for playing, guys. I'll have another question for you guys on Tuesday. Now, let's get into the second half of the group stage. We have Group E. Very interesting matchups here. We have Bayern Munich, champions of Germany. And they're, you know, after the, and we have Barcelona, who they dumped 8 2 two years ago, Benfica and Dynamo Kiev. Santi, I know you're, you're on the anti Barcelona train this year. How do you think they're going to fare in Europe and the rest of the group? I don't think they're going to make it. I think they'll get third. I think it's going to be Bayern one, Benfica two, Barca three, and Kiev rounding out the group. Bum, 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 bum. You're delusional, bro. Delusional. Delusional is the people that think that Barca is going to do anything with this team. Edwin, um, tell, tell us why he's delusional. What do you got? Look, at the end of the day, Barca is still Barca, and they still have top-class players. Are they? Are they? Are they really just Barca? They just lost the best player of all time. And yeah, but they still – you can't – You Messi wasn't that in the, the starting 11. You know what I'm saying? He was. He they was. Still have, but he they was. still have top-class players. Debatable, so give us, give us, give us your, give us your results, Edwin. Let's see, what's the prediction then? I've got Bayern Munich top in the group. I actually, you know what, the order that it's already in right now: Bayern Munich top in the group, Barcelona in second, Benfica third, qualifying for Europa League, and Dinamo Kiev out the dough. Out the door. I think I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to agree. I think the. I think they're going to put a, a focus on the Champions League Barcelona. I think Bayern, you know, they're going to Bayern's going to do Bayern things and they're going to have it first. Benfica could be a tricky a tricky fixture for both, but I think it'll be really close between second and third. So I'm going to go Bayern, Barca, Benfica, and Dynamo Kiev. After E comes F, and here we have some more interesting matchups. A very interesting group here. So we have Villarreal Europa League winners last year, and. Then we have the team that they beat in the final, Santi's team, Manchester United. We have Antal Anta, Italy's top-scoring team last year in Serie A. And then we have Young Boys coming in as well in that, in that fourth spot. So I think this is probably the most intriguing group to me because I feel like literally – don't know much. Don't know too much about young boys, but that top three could flip flop in any way, depending on which Manchester United decides to play. So, I might give United the benefit of the doubt, but I'm going to say Atalanta top the group. I'm going to say United come in second, and I think Villarreal don't have enough, and they come in third place, and young boys are are, are in fourth. What do you have to say, Edwin? Wow, you have Atalanta top in the group. That's a oh, that's, a, that's an interesting pick, but no, I mean I agree with you. And you know, Santi, you said 
you thought Group C was probably the the group that was probably the best, well-rounded and and even. I think that Group F. I think this group is is definitely more more uh, suited and and well-rounded for each other. And like Louis said, this the top three can flip flop in any direction. Um, but I've got I've got Manchester United top in the group, assuming that they'll they'll have their their shit together. Atalanta coming in second. Villarreal coming in in third to qualify for Europa. And Young Boys coming in last. Santi, what are your clubs stack up here? Uh, I hope United win the group, man. I would not be surprised to get third either, though. So I'll go a little with my heart. I'll go United first. Atalanta second. Villarreal third. Young Boys fourth. I swear to God, if we don't win this group. Actually, if we don't qualify, it'll be really disappointing. It'll be bad. It'll be a bad look on Ollie too. Yeah. For all the for all the stuff we give another club, but whatever. Another day, man. Another day. <laughs> uh group G, I think people are calling the weakest group. I'm gonna have to agree. We have League on Winners Lille, Sevilla of you know, notorious Europa League guys, and SC Salzburg and VFL Wolfsburg. I don't know what to make of this. Santi, break it down for us. Uh, Sevilla, top of the group. I don't think they'll lose a game. Um, I'm actually concerned with Lil. Without their manager, they're a completely different team. And their goalkeeper. So I don't think they're going to make it out of the group. Salzburg or Wolfsburg? I'm going to give you a surprise. I'll say Salzburg come second. Then I'll say... Second place, Salzburg? Yeah. I'll say Lil third, Wolfsburg last. Okay, okay. So, yeah, heavy favorite. They should not lose a game here. Or they should not drop, uh, lose. Yeah, they should not lose the game, actually. That's, that's the better way. Yeah, okay. should not lose the game. Okay. Pretty strong favorites there. Edwin? All right. So, this might surprise you guys. Um, but I actually have Sevilla coming out as group leaders. Um, that part isn't surprising. This part is. I have Wolfsburg coming in second, actually. I don't know if that's surprising to you guys or not, but I feel like I feel like most people wouldn't really expect Wolfsburg to do much. I have this is where, yeah, this is where I have trouble with this group. I don't know where where to place Leo and Salzburg. I think it could go either way, but I'll probably give the edge over to Leo. Um, but yeah, I have Sevilla going in it and Wolfsburg coming in second as also. Mm-hmm. Well, right. The the thing is, Wolfsburg they they did surprisingly well in the Bundesliga last season. They came in fourth, um. So I'm hoping that they could Replicate not make form. a run, but yeah, you know, bringing that form and, and confidence into into the group stage and you know. Hey, they had Real Madrid down two nothing a couple of years ago in the Champions League, so you never really know. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go say the same thing. Sevilla top. They have too much European experience, I think. And this is a good group for them to, to get out of. Uh, second place. I might go Wolfsburg too. The strong Bundesliga finished last year. Euro- European experience. And mostly just because I don't, you know, Lille, they've had a bad start to league on. They're, they haven't won a game yet in three games, and I don't know when, when they expect on winning. Um, Salzburg, I think, are a little more, more uh, you know, they have a deeper squad, and they're usually champions of Austria most of the time. 
So I'm going to go with Salzburg third. And I think the, the Champions League is too much for Leo. I think they're coming last. Wow. That feels weird to say. <laughs> Champions of France last in Europa League. I mean, Champions League group stage. Well, so be it. It's happened in Man City before. 12-13 season. Sheesh. We weren't ready for that at that time. <laughs> and the last group we have, we have the defending European champions, the pride of London, Chelsea Football Club. Then we have Juventus, Zenit St. Petersburg, and Malmo. Santi, what do you what do you got for us? Well, I think uh, Chelsea going to top the group. I should go second. I want to say Juve. I think Zenit makes it. I don't know. No, I'll say Juve. Juve. Yeah, like I, like it's written down. Chelsea, Juve, Senate, Mama. Okay, fair enough. Edwin? I don't think yeah, that many people argue with that. Yeah, same here. The same way that it's already placed. Chelsea, Juve, Zenit, Mama. Zenit European. I mean, Chelsea European champions. Excuse me. Um, and they got better with Lukaku. Juventus, you know, struggling a little bit, rebuilding. But, you know, Max Allegri, he has experience in this tournament. He's been to two finals. And the squad, aging, rebuilding, but not a bad squad. And I think better than the other two teams. Um, Zenit, don't follow Zenit in Russian soccer too much. But Zenit usually has some interesting games for these people. So I'm going to go for third place. And Malmo, fourth place. And it's going to be some interesting groups. So we'll see what happens. All right. So that's that should make an interesting group stage. We got a lot of tough matchups here. Um, oh, hold on. Hold on. Santi, you got some news for us? Uh, breaking news out of, again, my favorite TV show, El Chiringuito. Uh, remember how I said Galacticos <laughs> 3.0 is coming? So according to PP Estrada, uh, Florentino Penes, Paris has an agreement with Holland and his agent for next year. No oh, way. No. You have to send me that. So you have to send me that. All I'm saying, Galacticos 3.0. I God, I used to hate Madrid so much, but I really want to become a fan of them just to piss everyone off. <laughs> <laughs> There's That's no cool. way that that is the most insane news. Wow. Bro, Mbappe and Holland, bro. But wow, that 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 shakes up. These these next two windows are literally the most, gonna be the craziest things ever. Remember, people for the people for the people listening back at home, is it's August 26, 806 to be exact. So if anything changes in the morning, don't blame me, but breaking news right now. Wow. I don't know. Chiringuito, they're they're a bunch of drama queens. They were the first it's... ones to say Mbappé to Madrid. Tick tock. That's I mean, yeah. Florentino Paris literally went on the show. And I remember he was talking about the Super League. They're like, they're, they're, he's talking about how he goes in the streets and they don't, he's in a mass and no one recognizes him. But when they do, they're like, oh, buy Mbappe, buy Mbappe. And then he goes, don't worry. Come on, man. It's, I think I, I, this, this TV show, it is dramatic. Don't get me wrong, but it's very incredible. I need Fortino to come back on that show and, and talk some more. Wow. Galacticos that, 3.0. That, that's, that's the plan. That's... Ho- Holland, then I think they want to get Pogba on a free. Kamavinga on a free, Rudiger on a free. They're coming, bro. All right, sorry. Let's get back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Everyone's I guess we'll talk about here. some some Holland stuff another time. 
Everyone's that's, shook right that's now. Gonna, that's going to be a, a three-episode series just about Erling Holland. Let's go back to the UCL implications. Try. And we'll talk about a team that I guess used to be in for Erling Holland. The defending European cha- champions. And we have their number one supporter right here, Santiago Espinosa. <laughs> Sa- Santi, tell us about Chelsea Football Club and – can they retain the Champions League like Real Madrid did? Yeah, so I think they're clearly one of the favorites. I think uh, they sh- they should definitely make it to the semifinals. Not, I don't want to say easily, but like that, for me, the expectation is semifinals or nothing less for me for the expectation. Uh, I think Tuchel has brought in the mentality and the philosophy, along with his tactics, that really sits that suits well the the uh, the squad. And like we mentioned in the pod from earlier in the week with the addition of Lukaku, man, me personally, once they get that chemistry up going, the constant rotation that he's going to be able to have with all the attacking options. Um, and I think uh, with the center back rotation, they, they, they have squad depth everywhere. And at this point, I think he's recovered Kepa after the Super Cup. I think Mendy goes down, Kepa could fill in right there. And I think. Unlike when Kepa first came over, with Chelsea fans would be worried. I think it's all the 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 mood that Kepa gives you now. It's a totally totally different, and that's what this tool just did. And it's crazy how much he's really done in less than a year. It's been like eight months, and I think it should continue. Uh, I see him as big favorites. Uh, I know they could repeat. I think the draws got to help him out a little bit. Like I think last year, say they get City in a semifinal. I don't know if they beat him in, in a home and away leg, in a home and away tie. Now we got to remember, no more away goals. Remember that, guys. No more away goals. It's going to be very important. Uh, but, hey, they got him in the final. They, they beat him in, one off, in a one-off game. And that's it. I don't, I don't see a team better than them. I see teams equal. Not so much talent-wise, but I'm just talking about like the ceiling of each team. Yes, other teams is better players, but as a team, I don't see another team better than Chelsea. No, and with Chelsea, you know, Tuchel came in and he was able to grind out a lot of results towards, you know, when he came in in, uh, what, January? Towards the end of the season, they made it to the FA Cup final. They were getting a lot of good results in the Premier League, and they obviously made it to the Champions League final and ultimately won. And he was getting a lot out of, a lot out of players that and Frank Lampard's system weren't performing well, were on the fringe. So it's good to see that. Now we see them, you know, a lot more depth, a big-time striker. They're, they're, they're looking to bring in another uh, center back. They sold Kurt Zuma. He's going to go to West Ham. They're making a bid for Jules Kunde. He should be coming in soon. So that just deepens the squad more so they can make it to these latter stages of all these cups and competitions. And you're right. It's just putting it all together with the chemistry. And once they get that going, they could be a really dangerous team for this. But there are a lot of dangerous teams in Champions League this year. And we saw all the squads. And, you know, we talk about the team all the time, PSG. What, what, are, what are realistically their chances here, um, Edwin, into making it to the latter stages of the tournament and with Messi to make it to the final? What do you think? Yeah, no, I, think, I think PSG gets right now, especially with, with – the signings that they've had this past market, they have a ton of pressure put on them. Um, and, you know, you, uh, you could boil that down to 
Pochettino also having even more pressure on whether or not he can handle these players, the star power with this team. But uh, PSG, man, they it's with the team that they have. We we talked about it in, in our first episode. Like they they have to make it to the final. I feel like like that's with the team that they have. Like that's they can't accept anything other than a final. No, no, I can't, think they they can't accept other than a, than a title. I'm sorry, that's just me me personally. I know well, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Say, I know what you say, but it's it's title or bust. Not even final. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, let me rephrase. Yeah, if if they don't win it, then it's complete failure on what it is that they're trying to do because that's all that they're focusing on. That's that's what they want. And to go back to what Santiago was saying earlier about like you know wanting to be the head honcho or whatever, and and finally have that, they need the Champions League. So that's what their main focus is going to be. So I think PSG's chances right now, they're actually the favorites to win it and rightfully so with, with the team that they have. Um, but I believe that their odds, their odds are 11 to four um, to win the, the, the title. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they have the best chance out of, out of anyone. And if Mbappe leaves, that's unfortunate for, for them, obviously. And I personally think that Mbappe should have seen out his contract so that he could actually win it with PSG because this is the best chance they have it's if they don't win it now then I just don't see them winning it ever but not in my lifetime at least not in your lifetime is a big statement you're a pretty young guy bro but obviously PSG the team they formed the transfer that they came in this year some people are calling it the best window ever for a team debatably they obviously have a lot of high chances and Pochettino as a coach he's under a lot of pressure and that can go the same way to Guardiola. He's under a lot of pressure as well because he brought he was brought in to win the Champions League. They got the three titles. They have the four Carabao Cups. They have the FA Cup. But he's here for the Champions League. So do you think Pep has to win it? And, you know, like you said, he might not say past these next two seasons. So this is crunch time if he plans on leaving. For Pep's legacy, does he have to win his Champions League with City and all the money they spent? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I I do definitely believe that he has to win it, but you know, if if you're saying in the same breath, oh, PSG, they have to win it also with the team that they have, like that, like those two statements can't coexist with each other. Because if PSG win it, obviously, City aren't going to win it this season. And it was it was um, sorry, what's the word? It was it was confirmed that Pep isn't going to extend a contract with Manchester City. He's going to see out what happened. It, it depends on the way you interpret it. He would consider leaving after these two years, but I don't think he definitely said, I'm not staying. But it's, yeah, no. So I'm going to take it as, okay, he's got two more years left. He's got two more years left to win it. And I kind of touched on this earlier in the in the podcast where I was talking about PSG's takeover financially and the project that they started. Uh, back in 2011, Manchester City, they started this same project back in 2018. I mean, sorry, 2018, my bad, 2008, where their project was to, to make it as a top club domestically and eventually overtake Europe. It's been 15 years, that project in the making, and we, we've only made it to one final. So, and Pep Guardiola, like you said, Lewis, he was brought on to get us that lucrative title. And regardless of the Premier Leagues, the domestic cups that we've won, 
if he doesn't win it in these next two seasons that he has and he doesn't renew his contract, then do you consider that a, an utter fa- a failure? Because that's what he was brought on to do, to win the Champions League. Oh, big and failure. Say, big failure. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, okay. and, and you could say the same exact thing for PSG. They This, this financial takeover was to, yeah, to obviously, you know, get a, a firm grasp of, of France, of the French League, but ultimately to be a top powerhouse in Europe and be feared and to conquer the Champions League. And they've only made it to one final also. Yeah, in shorter time than, than it's taken for City, but still. You know, so you can you put PSG and City in the same boat as to they have to win it because if they don't, especially with the resources that they that they both have, it's kind of like it's an utter failure for the project in terms of bigger picture. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a failure uh, for Pep not to win it. Big failure. So I don't so I've said this a lot of times um, before, but. I know it wasn't clearly said, and he every time he always, he always every time they always ask him, he always freaking um, dodges the question. But like, do you guys think Pep's run at Bayern was a failure? Yes. Be, 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 okay, Lewis. I don't think so. Well, because there the reason I see it as a failure is, and this goes back to the point that I was just trying to make. Now, he was brought on to continue the domination that Jeff Hankins had when he won the treble with Bayern. And it was to continue that run in terms of the Champions League and to continue to win Champions Leagues. So because they pretty much had Bundesliga locked down. Right. Failure. I think for me, we can't look at the Champions League as it's like, you know, and it's not easy to all. win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's difficult to win. And, you know, you said, Jupp Heinkes, he, he won the one Champions League at Bayern. They made a couple finals. They lost to Dortmund. They lost to Chelsea. But they, he ended up winning one. Pep was at Bayern for, what, four years? Three. Three. He continued the domestic dominance. And look at who he was facing in those in those years. You know, prime, yep, yep. prime Real Madrid, prime Barcelona with prime Messi, prime Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar, Suarez. Uh, Bale, Benzema, Cristiano. It's not like he was crashing out of the, the group stage or quarterfinals or round of 16. Yes, you know, Bayern is a very stacked side, but we can't make it seem like, you know, his path there was the easiest path and he should have won it. You know, it might be disappointing he didn't even make a final as well. But I know I think we can't fault him too much for it. I will say his time at City would be more of a failure than his time at Bayern if he doesn't make it because – He's had the teams to beat uh, Monaco, Liverpool, Tottenham, Leon, and, you know. And Chelsea a, in the final. And, and Chelsea. And it's a growing list, and hopefully it doesn't grow anymore. But he's had the teams. He's had the transfer budget, the players. He's had the domestic success. It, it would be a failure if he doesn't win this Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with let me go back to, to the Bayern Munich topic. Maybe my my use of the word failure was a little too harsh um, when it came to Pep and Bayern Munich. But because he obviously dominated domestically, but if the main objective from the board to bring him on was to continue that dominance in Europe and continue to win Champions League, then, yeah, the part, despite the 
the domestic success, there's still going to be that little bit of failure at the end of it. And there, and there was, cause he, he wasn't able to conquer Europe with them, you know, but still overall successful career at Bayern. I think for, at for the me, end, sorry, one last thing. I think at the end, if you look at the time at Bayern, the time at city, the time yeah, at yeah. city, if he Much doesn't win, different. will be a greater failure. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Now for me at Bayern, I think it was more disappointing because he never got over the hump. Don't get me wrong. He faced, uh, Atletico, he first faced Real, he faced Barca, and this is where Spain closed. When they were at the at top, the peak, yeah. At the peak. And um, I just think it was more disappointing, but hey, it was literally all semifinals. He did not, he did not, he won every Bundesliga. I want to say he lost one German Cup, and he lost yeah, one Super Cup, top. and he lost one Super Cup. So, um, and then he got out in the, ch- in the semifinals of Champions League. I personally don't remember. I don't believe or nor remember that they brought him in to win the Champions League. Apart from City, I have I have the book of whenever he moved to. So that's what I that's what I read from the book. So when he went to City, I know I don't know if you felt that way, but at least I feel like as a City fan, you feel like okay, we're bringing Guardiola to assert more of our dominance in the league, but also like get farther in Europe. And until really last year. It was really quarterfinals or bust. Like, we were out by the quarterfinals, so he was very poor. I mean, and then last year he did well, but he still lost the final. Big failure right now. Big failure so far. It's impressive what he's done because the Prem, and he did. He probably did have the best Premier League team ever with the Centurions. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's like you kind of look at like, um, it gets a little discredited because it's kind of done before like Sir Alex had like seven titles in nine years, something like that. So like domestically it could get discredited, maybe not in the moment, but when you look back at it, you're like, okay, it's been done before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, when you look at just the city history, like he wins that champions league, he gets you to the top. And we're going back to me mentioning about PSG, how they want to be the top club and they see themselves um, winning the Champions is going to result in that. I think for city to be looked at as a top club, I think players are starting to look at it more, but maybe just like as a media and a fans thing. If they win the Champions League, like they'll be considered a massive, like the top, the club in England. Right. Yeah. That makes no, sense. 100%. So, Lewis, I, I don't believe that I fully answered your question or, you know, but to go back to an answer. Yeah. Pep does. He does need to win it in the time that he has remaining. Otherwise, we could all agree it, it's going to be a, a, a bust in terms of what he was brought onto the team to do. But again, also PSG are in the same boat where they also need to win it, especially with the success that they've had in this transfer market, you know, so it's going to be a fairly interesting and entertaining champions league season to watch, especially since PSG are the favorites to win it and city are very close in second place to win it. I think the way you look at it, <clears throat> we're, we're setting up a, a oil money classico in the UCL final if UEFA wants it. And I'm they'll, all for it. They'll make it happen. <laughs> especially if Ronaldo gets to, to City, it'll be the most entertaining final we probably have ever seen. Because you got Messi and Ronaldo at the, at the twilight of their careers fighting against each other head-to-head one more time on completely different teams. Really opposing coaches. It'll be definitely exciting to watch. But, you know, 
the group stage and the Champions League is some of the most exciting stuff we got. And there's a lot of teams to go through. You know, we can't just say it's going to be City, Chelsea, and PSG. A lot of clubs there. So, Santi, I know you wanted to touch upon this. Who do you think is going to be the biggest surprise this Champions League season? Who can make a nice run? The Cinderella what, story. What 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 low, not lowly team, but, you know, what low-key team is going to surprise us this year? You know, we'd have the Ajax and we have Lyon the past couple of years. What do you think? So I got I got two candidates for me. I got Sevilla. I got Atalanta. I think what uh, Lopetegui has done with Sevilla has been worth noting. I think they were um, a, a bit unlucky with the draw last year in the UCL for the knockout stages. Um, but so I think them, I think Atalanta as well with the continuity of the same core. Um, uh, I, I know they lost Romero. He went to uh, Spurs, but they got Demiro back. So I think the quality has not dropped. Um, and again, I said, it really just depends on the, on who they draw. Um, so I could see both these teams uh, definitely making to the quarterfinals easily, both of them, because I'm picking to be at the top of the group. I think Atalanta could surprise one of the group winners. Um, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say Sevilla. I think Sevilla are more of a, of the better unit. I think they're going to be uh, play off. They play off each other better. They respond to the manager better. I think Gasparini and Atalanta has had rough spells every now and then. But Lopetegui has built on from first winning the Europa League to then getting top four last year. Um, I think they're going to push for top two, maybe even win it this year. And I think with just that consistent form, Lamella has come out, has come in and on fire so far for them. And I just think they're just going to get a lot of consistent performances. And I think tactically, Lopetegui is very underrated. Um, so, yeah, I could definitely see them. I, I'm going to be a little, I, I want to be a little conservative. I don't want to say semifinals, but I think they'll definitely make the quarterfinals easily. But I could see them making semis. Hey, that'd be a big jump with a lot of the, a lot of the teams we see in the Champions League this year and a lot of the, yep. the tough groups. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go to my biggest disappointments that I might expect. I also have two teams. One's a little obvious. Another one I've been kind of rooting for. First, I'm looking at Barcelona as the obvious disappointment. Um, you know, we saw their performance at Bilbao at the weekend. They could be, you know, they're, they're very, they could be very inconsistent this year in terms of league and Champions League performances. Um, the squad has to learn how to mesh a little bit better without Messi having the ball and hero ball with Messi. So I think it's going to take one of those guys to step up and, you know, Griezmann, Memphis, uh, Frankie Dijon, someone has to step up and be the guy. Unless they're, you know, unless they're going to do a thing where it's like, we're going to do this all together. I don't really see that happening. But I could definitely see them, you know, crack a bit. And, you know, some of us had them exiting. You had them exiting at the group stage. I think they'll make the knockouts, but I think that first matchup, whoever it may be, might be a little overwhelming for them. And who knows, honestly, if they get rid of get out of the group stage. I think that's going to be tough. Another disappointment I could see happening, happening is Liverpool. And I've been 
I've been very supportive of Liverpool throughout this, you know, our, our short time on this podcast, but I don't know. It, it, uh, I was really betting on a, a resurgence from the team where all the injuries come back, but at the same time, another question for them is their depth. I don't think they have a lot of depth in midfield. Um, a lot of the guys are coming back from serious injuries at the, at the, at the back line. Andy Robertson, he just picked up an injury, but he's, he's back in training again, but you know, we'll see how that goes. It depends on a lot of the performance of Sadio Mane, Mosala, and I think Trent and Alexander Arnold. I think those three guys are going to have to be key, key guys, be consistent to get them up and running, and and they got to really believe in Klopp again to, to to push forward. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have Liverpool as a team that could could be a disappointment. I don't think they will be, but they they could fall in that in that category for me. So. And you guys have a, another disappointment? Are we good to go? Uh, I'll, I'll say, like I mentioned earlier, I think Atletico. I don't think they have that defense. That I don't think that defense is. It's, I think it's probably one of the worst defense. Defense. The defense. Defenses. Defenses. Simeone has had in a long time, compared to last year too. They struggled mightily to get through. The second to the to the knockout stages, and they're gonna struggle even more. I think, gonna, like I said, I think they're gonna be dead last. I don't think I don't think they'll be able to score unless unless somehow Joao Felix gets them gets into. That's the only game changer they really have. Correa maybe too. He's he looks like he's been stepping up his game. Uh, but I I think Athletic will be the biggest disappointment. Just no no offense, just a lot of like trying to play defensive, and I don't think the the defense is going to save them this year. No, it's definitely going to be, you know, there are definitely a lot of teams with a lot of question marks this year. There's a lot of teams that we expect a lot of, and we just saw both sides of that. All right. So, you know, a lot of things to look forward to. And for the international break, we'll definitely have some, some content for you guys then, but definitely a lot of soccer for this weekend. A lot of things to ponder about with that UCL draw. And the last couple of days of the transfer window is definitely going to be a big developing story. So we'll see how we get there. That's all we have for you guys today. I'm signing off. Santi Edwin. Please Thank follow you guys us, for listening. subscribe, like us. Thank you. Thank you. Smash that Thank like you, button, guys. Have a good one.